Hello, hello, and welcome to the Women in Strength podcast. My name is Ro, and I'm your host around here. I'm freaking excited to have you join me so that we can talk all things business. Now, we're going to be breaking into topics, some really juicy conversations from things like systems, strategies, all of these foundation pieces that will really make sure you have a sustainable and thriving business. And we're going to sprinkle it and mash it up with real talk, conversations, topics, and things that we all experience as business owners. But quite frankly, I think we need to share a lot more of. So strap in. Things are going to get a bit spicy around here. I'm going to be opening up into topics that, you know, they might make you feel a little bit uncomfortable, but the idea is for us to build fucking amazing businesses. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Women in Strength podcast. My name is Ro, and I am feeling all of the feels as I prepare to record today's episode. Um, and I'll give you a little bit of a, I don't know, like a little bit of a open into my brain about how I'm feeling about this episode. So I, it's all about the six years of gym ownership um, because I am coming up to six years um, this month of running gyms and I very much wanted to record a podcast. And prior to this podcast, I was sitting down wanting to write some notes to really jump into like biggest lessons, biggest challenges, all of that kind of stuff and kind of get a bit of a... I don't know, like a layout of where I'm going to go with this podcast because these type of podcasts, when they're expanding or they're, I guess, spanning over years and years, um, I always want to like have a bit more of a prep um, so that I can really articulate points and, and lessons and things like that. But quite honestly, sitting down to even write down some bullet points around what I want to get out felt like I don't even know where to start. So I ended up scrapping it. I'm actually going to go completely raw, completely off the cuff and just download thoughts as they're coming through. Um, so these type of episodes, like I said, you know, whether it's journey type episodes or um, things that are like of a bigger nature, I really, I, I honestly struggle to plan for. So they end up being quite raw because I feel like if I'm struggling to plan it, I think that that's just a sign for me to go with it. So that's exactly the the vibe of where we're going to be hitting today. So a little bit of um, background, I guess. So as I'm recording this, it's the start of March, 2023, um, and I'm coming up to six years of gym ownership. So the first gym HQ that we had, um, I ran that gym in that facility for five years and we're just ticking over to the first year um, of being in Empire, which is our second location. So I still only own one gym um, for now, maybe. <laughs> I still only own one gym, but it's the second location we moved after five years because we had very much outgrown the first space. So March the 13th is like our official open date of when we opened HQ. And February the 22nd is the open date of Empire. So it's kind of like it's getting a bit mingled and muddled now. So I kind of still think about March the 13th um, as like our official open date, even though it was February for the second location. But we're going to go with that. So who doesn't love to celebrate the opening of a gym and who doesn't love to celebrate the birthday of a gym? So we're coming up to six years. Um, and context wise, so yes, we've been a gym and a community in a gym for six years. Um, but I've been in the industry for coming up to 10 years. So I guess at this point as, you know, business ownership and running through business, uh, the years kind of truck on, um, all of these dates kind of become just mixed up, but yeah, six years. And it feels like uh, sometimes it feels every inch of those six years. Um, and then sometimes it's like, where the hell has the years gone? So I think I'm endeavoring to really open the scene to share some behind the scenes, real raw stuff. Um, and yeah, like there's definitely going to be some lessons, but I just think I'm going to just download anything that's coming through and, and kind of take with it what, what you can. So I also endeavor to speak about things that I think, um, 
it's not necessarily that they're not spoken about, but I want to speak about like the real shit, like both the triumphs and the challenges and just like my experience over the last six years. So I guess what I'm going to start with now is I think I'm going to start with some of the things that I didn't expect. Um, and like I said, there's no plan of how this podcast has been planned. So we're just, we're just going with the nudges of what's coming through. So yeah. All right. Let's, let's jump into that. So the most unexpected things over the last six years. Now, when I say I'm going to talk about the most unexpected things, I'm always going to try and talk about it from both angles, both the good and the bad, you know, the light and the dark, um, the the drawbacks and the benefits. Um, and I'm going to talk about the stuff that I'm feeling attracted to, to instantly, which is the the benefits, the highs, the the things that have just come really, really unexpected of running a gym. So over the last six years, I think one of the most unexpected things that's just thrown me off guard, but being such a light in the grand scheme of the years has been like the genuine, like the genuine deep connections and relationships that I've built over this time. Like I honestly did not expect that my life would be as intertwined with gym ownership in terms of not only my life and my day-to-day life, but like my, my relationships. So you know, I, for people that know me in person and, and, you know, even if you guys haven't met me in person, like you'll pretty much get a vibe, whether it's listening to me on a podcast or, you know, whether it's written content on Instagram, like I'm very, I I am an extroverted person and I do, um, really thrive on that face to face connection and having that, but I do require a lot of downtime. I do require a lot of, you know, silent time outside when I'm outside of the gym, when I'm outside of coaching or working or business or anything like that. So like for me, my relationships are so heavily intertwined with the gym and with our community. Um, I've definitely got, you know, my friends there outside of the gym. Um, and my, my two best friends live in New Zealand and we have a really deep connection and a really beautiful connection, even though we don't see each other, you know, regularly, um, we're constantly touching base and that is, that's my support network and, and my deep friendships that have been with me for a very long time. But the more frequent relationships that I have are quite honestly with my clients, with my staff members, with my mentees, with anyone that's associated with powerlifting, like it's so intertwined with all things business. Um, And I remember like trying to, it's not that I was like trying to resist it, but like when I got into business, it was kind of this notion of like, you know, your business life should stay business and your personal life should stay personal. And this has been a journey in itself is to kind of establish like how deep these relationships can go and like what boundaries can look like and all of that kind of stuff. And I think like six years on, I found the spot where I feel really comfortable with. Um, and that's actually letting people, whether they're clients, staff members, mentees, like that is allowing those friendships to flourish into those deep connections if they're there. And I, even though it's my business and that's my quote unquote professional life, like there is just emerging a professional and personal and I've just worked on or really leaned into establishing in the different environments that we're in or the different kind of circumstances, whether I'm, you know, coach row with this person or we're friends and going for a, a coffee or something like that, or whether we're confidant or, you know, friendship and, and, and offering that support on our personal kind of respect. So I just like this notion of you can't mix these relationships I just don't agree with. I definitely think there needs to be boundaries, but that doesn't mean that you can't have boundaries, whether it's me as the boss with one of my staff members. And then, you know, in some other conversations that we might be having, we're just friends and we're girlfriends and we're, you know, having chats about life and honest stuff. And for me, it's just me, um, feeling really comfortable and really okay. And knowing that I can navigate these relationships as any way that I want. Um, and that it's okay. Like you don't have to separate your professional life from your personal life. Um, and I didn't expect not only for my relationships to feel as deep as they do, that the the relationships that have been growing from the community and growing from my business and all of, you know, everything associated with it. But I also didn't expect it to be that difficult to kind of navigate how I, 
um, not interact, but how I have these relationships with people. You know, me figuring out at the start that it had to be, you know, you're a boss and you're professional and you can't have those relationships with staff members or clients. You know, they're clients and there's got to be boundaries. And that also didn't feel good for me. So as I sit here now, six years on, you know, one of my um, ladies, one of my clients, she celebrated, we celebrated her seven year coaching anniversary last week. Like that is crazy cool. So she had been training with me a year prior to me even opening the first gym. And, you know, she's a client. She comes to me for lifting. She's a handful of the lifting clients that I have remaining of of the five. Um, And I just, she's one of my best friends, honestly. She is one of my closest friends and I love her fucking dearly. But when we're in coaching and when we've got stuff to do with powerlifting, we've got stuff to do and we know how to navigate what we need to do there. But in the same token, if I want to message her on a Sunday um, and just chat about her upcoming wedding, I'm going to fucking do that. And I've just found what fits for me, what feels good for me as a business owner. And it's just blowing me away at the, at the deepness of the relationship. So that's kind of something that's come that's unexpected. Um, oh, where else do we go with unexpected? Another thing, actually, I don't know how I'm going to talk about this, but we're going to go with it because this is the whole point of doing behind the scenes, real and raw podcasts is a gym is really expensive. (laughs) Oh my gosh. A brick and mortar gym, um, and running a business with the model, with the, with the business model of my nature, it takes a lot to, to, to keep the doors open. So it's not that I didn't, well, no, it is, it is, I I didn't expect it to be as expensive. If I look back at when I started opening a gym and think, yeah, cool, I know my numbers and all that kind of stuff, which I did to an extent, there was definitely things that were not as tight of how I mentor my, my ladies now that are opening gyms. Um, I didn't really expect to be one turning over the revenue that we do, but two, be having the expenses that we do. Um, you know, when I think about the first year of me being in business, so 2013, my first year as a personal trainer, as a sole trader, I think I clicked over like $45,000. Um, and, you know, as the years have progressed on, obviously I've hired staff. Um, I, have hired multiple staff members. The company structure has changed. We've grown as a community. We've welcomed more ladies in, all of that kind of stuff. So naturally speaking, your revenue is going to increase. But with that increase in revenue, you know, if we're like us with a business business model of face-to-face sessions and now a combination of also face-to-face and hybrid, e.g. online, um, you know, that all takes quote-unquote servicing and that takes people and, you know, that takes coaches and that takes um, paid hours and all that kind of stuff. So yes, we have grown revenue substantially, but at the same token, so have expenses. And also the longer that I stay in business, like I want better things for our ladies. You know, if you come into Empire now, you're going to come to a facility that has fucking, it's schmack. Like we have got, you know, calibrated powerlifting gear. We've got more bars than any commercial gym. We have got more plates than any commercial gym. We have got everything that a strong gal would fucking desire and I want that stuff. Like I want that nice stuff for our ladies. I want to have the space. I want to have, you know, the space on the floor and uh, all of those kind of beautiful things. So it's not that my like taste has become more expensive, but as I've stayed in business, like I, you know, as I create more revenue, it's about for me, I also put it back into the business and I put it back into the things that are going to benefit our, our ladies. Um, and that's not, you know, there's definitely other ways that I could have done it. I definitely could have gone for like quote unquote cheaper or not as much, had as much gear or, you know, not offered the service level that we do and all that kind of stuff. But that's, that's important to me. That's the service level and the business model that I want. But with all that, there's a shit ton lot of expenses. And with the new facility that we're in, like, like for anyone that's been visited the first facility HQ or seen photos, you know, it is a fucking up level. Like when we had our first facility for five years, there was nothing wrong with it by any means, but it was a concrete box in an industrial area. And now we've got a absolutely beautiful location, a three level location that is much more accessible. Um, you know, 
like we've got three levels. We've got an office on the third level. We've got a second level where the machines are. We've got a beautiful bottom level where all of the heavy lifting happens. And, you know, it's always kept clean. It's always the best of the best, all that kind of stuff. And with the increase in revenue, the increase in coaching hours, the increase in salaries and, you know, paying people more and all that kind of stuff, like that shit all adds up. And so with this unexpected uh, lens, I didn't expect expenses to not necessarily get as high because I could definitely cut them down, but I didn't expect to one, be turning over or being even playing in this game or playing in this like level of revenue, but also playing in this level of like expenses and this amount of tax, to be quite frank with you. You know, I paid a tax bill the other day and our tax bills, they come through and they don't, they don't really cause me anything in terms of like how I feel about them. They don't go, oh fuck, I wish I didn't have to pay this. It's just a part of running a business. But sometimes times when I just stop and look at it and look at, you know, look at the, the size of the tax bill, it's like, wow, okay. For us to be having tax bill of tax bills of, of this size, like we're turning over a significant revenue now. And that's never lost on me. Like I said, it's not like I, I dread it or go fuck this, but it actually just gives me this realization that, wow, we are a company that's doing some amazing things. And when I see like a tax bill of that nature or expenses of that nature, that to me, like where my head goes is I think about how many ladies we can help and facilitate and, and welcome into our community. Um, and that to me is where my head goes when I see things of that nature. Um, you know, revenue now, it's not like it used to be at the, the beginning of the years when I was running business, like, you know, I've got this goal of having a, a revenue turnover, but now I just, I do not care about what we hit like from an annual revenue point of view. It's really just about what are the opportunities? What can we invest back into the business? How many more ladies can we welcome? What can I do for my staff? What opportunities can we open for them? Um, but it, it's been unexpected that I could reach this level of growth or this level of revenue or this level of whatever, all of that, and this level of opportunity um, from running a fitness business. Um, you know, I came I came to Australia in, when I was 25, and for anyone that's listened to early episodes, um, you know, I got into the industry at 25. I'm now 35, almost 36. And like I said, the first year was like $45,000. And to be at the position that we're in now, like that just, it's never lost on me. Like, it's just this recognition of gratitude and, and this recognition of, wow, like you can do so many things in this industry and there's just so many fucking opportunities. Um, and yesterday, like as an example, one of my staff members, um, she's building a home and she sent me a photo. They went and saw their property. Um, the, the concrete's been poured down the slab's been poured and the, the frame's going to start to go up and she sent me a photo of it. And like, I know how excited she is. And I just had this moment of like stopping and being like, wow. She also celebrated her three-year um, working anniversary with me not so long ago. Um, and I've had another coach that's coming up to three years this month. Um, another coach that had been working with me for five years. And then my newest coach that's ticking over a year, like all of those things are unexpected to me, not necessarily in terms of like the length of time, but the, like me being able to facilitate careers and facilitate financial wealth and growth for people. And, you know, they're doing their amazing stuff. This is not me going, like, it's that's not my thing. Like, the fact that she's buying a home, like, that's to do with her and, and her great stuff that she's doing. But I just never expected that I could create a business and a company that had the ability to have salaries that would support people buying homes or investing money or living the lifestyle that they want to live, that they're employees, quite frankly, because... You know, I don't know about any of you coaches that are listening, but when I got into the industry, it was kind of like, you know, there's no career in this. You're not going to make any money. This is a passion project, but all there's all 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 of those things can still remain for so many coaches. But I've proven that, yeah, it's a passion fucking project, but you can still have a career and build a life and have a stable and thriving financial position. And honestly, I didn't expect it to open those doors for me. Um, and also open doors for other people. And when she sent me that photo, I was just like a moment of pride for her because I know she's worked so hard for it, but also just like, 
an acknowledgement of myself that my company can facilitate that. And I didn't expect that my companies could ever do that when I started and when I opened a gym six years ago, quite frankly. Um, so yeah. And like another thing that's kind of just pulling that string even more about being unexpected is like, I just, when I first had staff, like they weren't on salaries, um, like I couldn't offer as many hours, I couldn't offer as many benefits, all that kind of stuff. And now I'm just, it's unexpected to me that I can create a company from ground up, from learning from so many amazing people and and having so many resources around me and hiring people and all that kind of stuff that I could create literal fucking careers. Like that is mind blowing to me. So that's a big unexpected thing is, um, not only, like I said, like the revenue and expenses and holy shit, it's expensive to run a gym. And I want to just put a caveat. When I say it's expensive to run a gym, this is my business model. So I don't want it to freak anyone out, but I have a business model that is, you know, full benefit contracts, full benefits for my staff members, um, you know, salaries, uh, our service level is a certain way. Our price tag is a certain way. We want the best of the best for our gals. And with all that, there is expenses. Um, and our property that we live in now at Empire, like it's it's bougie. It's bougie. Um, and I want that. I fucking want that. But that all comes with just so many expenses. Oh my God. And sometimes if I'm not, you know, if I'm ever in a, a point of like money scarcity or if I were to be like in just any space of vulnerability, it's not even about money because I've I very rarely will get anything show up in in, in the space of money anymore. It's just kind of is. Um, if I'm in any state of like vulnerability or just feeling tired or feeling you know my back's up against a wall, if I were to look expenses at expenses sometimes, it like it's, it just kind of takes my breath away. I'm like oh holy moly, that's a lot of money, um, but. It's just crazy cool that we get to do all those things. And when I focus on all the opportunities, when I focus on the opportunities for our ladies, our community, my staff, anyone that comes into the gym to compete at our sanctioned comps, like all of those things just make me realize and bring home why I'm fucking doing, like why I'm doing this basically. And um, yeah, it's just, I don't know if that little ramble actually made sense, but that's just kind of dropped through as I'm sitting here and talking. Like there's just been so many unexpected things about the amount of money that the business goes through. Um, but fucking the amount of opportunities alongside that are just endless. And like, We've got some new stuff coming up this year and it's just like mind blowing to me that we can continue to just explore what we want to explore and the world is our fucking oyster. So that's been the, some unexpected things that have come up. Um, what else? What else? Oh, okay. Oh, you can probably hear as I'm recording this, like something drops into my head and I feel it. And then I'm like, oh God, how am I going to say this on a podcast? But again, I'm going to go with it. So Another unexpected thing, I just took my glasses off and rubbed my eyes because that's how weird I feel about talking about this one, but I think it's important too. Um, another unexpected thing is of running a gym, particularly a gym of our nature, which is, you know, we are a community. Um, we're not just a gym where people pay a 24-7 membership and then, you know, you're a number. We are we are a legit community. Um our ladies know each other. We've got relationships. We, you know, build relationships with our clients. The girls build relationships with each other. You know, we, yeah, we're a fucking community. Anyway, so an unexpected thing is like how hard it is to run a community, how hard it is to lead a community, and how much heartache, headache, and then all of the things on the opposite of how great it is, all of that is just big. You know, so, uh, for, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm just like processing this as I'm actually recording. So how will I explain this? We, when, when things are great, you know, we are fucking great. But if you come, if you come to the gym and a whole fucking team has got their period, y'all going to have a fucking hard time. And it's not to say that we go through like big moods or anything like that. But when you are a close knit team, like staff, staff wise, and also a close knit community, you know, just like any human relationship, there's going to be little bits of bickering or little bits of 
um, yeah, like like literally push push back, right? And that's actually as I'm sitting here and saying this now. It's now I'm feeling comfortable, and now I'm obviously going to flow a little bit more. Um, yeah, it can be really really tough. Like if someone's in a bad mood. And one of the ladies comes into the gym and she's just like had a really hard day. Like you're going to feel it sometimes. And that can be really difficult to navigate sometimes because we are a close knit community and everyone cares. Like if someone's coming and they're just really flat from work, like other people are going to notice it because we are so connected. And what that means is that, yeah, like navigating that stuff can be quite hard sometimes because if you think about it, the job of a coach and then also that extra lens of being a business owner and being the leader of a community, like everything does come back to me in my community, in my business. And that takes an emotional toll. It really does. And, you know, having to learn how to regulate my emotions and how to like having to learn how to, I guess, not take on everyone's stuff has been a life lesson that continues to teach me over the years so that I can quote unquote, like protect my own energy. So I can get up every single day, be the leader that I need to be and want to be, and don't get buried in other people's shit basically. Um, and that can be really hard. Like, because like I said at the start, like the deep relationships that I form, it can be really hard to like separate that stuff sometimes. But I definitely think that, especially since like COVID and all that, I've got really good at just being able to see when people might be in their own pain or, you know, their own stuff and be them, be them there for them, but not like take that emotional baggage on. Um, but that honestly, that's been something that's been really unexpected, how heavy that mental toll and emotional toll can be of running a, a really tight knit community and being a leader of community. Um, but in the same token, like when things are just amazing for our ladies or our staff or whatever, like I just feel as elated, as excited and just as like, I just feel so much for those things also because I'm just so connected to what's going on. So it's not to say that everything's bad and that's when it feels emotional toll, but even when there's a lot of good stuff going on, you know, as a leader, as a business owner and as a coach, you still need to know how to self-regulate when things are good, good, good and high, high, high. Otherwise you're going to burn yourself out. So I've definitely been through like emotional burnout through a number of different times over the years um, because it's been so invested in people's stuff. Um, being the safe space for a lot of people, being that, you know, that, that confidant, that person, that people that talk to. Um, and I didn't expect it to like, like, yeah, the lessons take so long or, um, just, I didn't expect it to be this intertwined. Um, and that's not to say that like, it had to be like that. Like I definitely could have ran a business, created a business that didn't have that like deep connection, but that's just not what I want. Like I don't want to run a business like that because this feels truest to me and my community, but that's been unexpected is like how, how heavy it can be. Um, what else, what else is coming through? That's, that's, I feel like that's actually the first kind of things that are just dropping through naturally. So I might move on to kind of a next, um, a next kind of download that's dropping through around the last six years. So if I've just kind of pulled the string on stuff that's been unexpected. Um, I'm looking, I'm sitting in my office and I've got a, um, a big frame and in the frame is an ice cream that's upside down and it's kind of like a tattoo art style. Um, and it says you are not your fuck ups. And it's like this banner around the ice cream. And that's just looking at me right now as I'm sitting here recording this podcast. So the next string I'm going to pull is like the mistakes, the fuck ups, the failures, um, stuff that I've done, like fuck ups that I've made, um, and just maybe things that have kind of come from that. So, wow. All right. Where are we going to go with this one? Okay. First thing that's dropping through is the first kind of mistake or fuck up that I made when I first opened. And that's just, that's again, initially what's dropping through is I just had too many coaches. So not necessarily like too many coaches. Well, that, that's, that probably doesn't make sense at all. I had too many coaches, too much staff, and that meant too many expenses early on. Because when you're running a business where you've got staff, staff are going to be, they're going to have the biggest 
expense because you're paying salaries. Um, but for a business model of my nature, like we need to have coaches and staff to obviously service our, our programs. Um, but I definitely had, I would say one, maybe two, too many coaches, um, when I first started and it just meant that our expenses were astronomical early on. Um, and we weren't create, like we weren't generating a huge amount of revenue. So for example, if I, no, not for example, I was just, I literally was just darting around saying this because I felt uncomfortable, but we're going here. First year of gym ownership, I think we turned over like 90K for the first actual financial year of year one of gym ownership. And if you think about it, I think I had one full-time, two part-times and myself. So the expenses associated with not only the gym, but then also the salaries of these four people, including myself, was just fucking high. So I made I made a mistake at the start that I just had too many coaches early on. And what that resulted in is we were on our ass, me, my family, me and my husband, um, we were fucking, yeah, it was hard financially. Um, and anyone that's listened to, you know, early podcasts, I can't even remember what number it is, but it's like the reality of gym ownership um, is, is, I think, the title. that first year of gym ownership was literally, we were counting pennies and we also had just got married and we also had our first child. Um, And it's really, it's really deja vu because right now as I'm recording this, I've had my second daughter. She is three weeks old yesterday. Um, And me and my husband, like, you know, we're not in the same financial position that we were in six years ago. Um, And it's not lost on us, honestly. Like we went to I went to buy something for Amity, which is our second daughter's name. Um, And it's like, we could just buy whatever we wanted to buy for her, right? Um, But when we had the first year of gym ownership and we had our first daughter, like we couldn't, we couldn't buy anything. Um, You know, uh, for example, like baby monitor. Um, Like I bought a baby monitor and it was like, oh, cool. Yeah, sweet. Click, buy, whatever. And like, we couldn't afford things like that. We couldn't afford a sterilizer, a baby monitor, um, we couldn't afford fucking anything. Like we just bootstrapped everything. Um, because like we just had no fucking money for our family because it would go to, it would go to the expenses of the gym and then it would go to my staff and we were left with what we were left with. It was kind of like being like back at uni and like having to count your pennies. Um, and yeah, that was a big mistake is just hiring too much, having expenses way too high because I wanted to have the best of the best of what we could afford. I wanted to have high service level, plenty of coaches, you know, all that kind of stuff, but it really took its toll. Um, and for us as a family, like we really felt it. Um, and it's not to say that I'm not glad that we went through that experience. Like it's definitely shaped us, but you know, in hindsight, I should have not had as many coaches early on. So that was, that was a really big fucking thing. Um, what other fuck ups and what other mistakes have I made? Um, oh man. Yeah, I think, okay, here's another thing that's dropping through. Um, another kind of mistake that I made, oh, I can't even remember what year it was, but I got to a point in business where um, I could delegate things out. Okay. And as you grow, you know, you're going to get to a point where honestly, you can't fucking do it all. And I mean, you can do it all, but that will limit the time that you either coach or the time that you want to spend on growing your business or whatever it might be. Like we only have so many hours in a day, right? Um, And I got to a point where I was like, cool. Yeah. I want to delegate some of this stuff out. I want to delegate some of this admin out. Um, I've got the finances to do it now. I don't particularly like these tasks and, and great. Went ahead and did it. But a mistake that I made, it's kind of like I got a taste in my mind for delegation and just being like, I don't want to fucking do this anymore. So just imagine me like flinging out dollar bills from my hand, like that kind of like hand gesture. It was like, delegate, delegate, delegate. Like, I don't want to do this, this, this. So therefore I'm going to pay someone to do this, this, this. And although that was like, it saved me a lot of time, I could then spend a lot more time on growing the business and ideas and brand and community and all that kind of stuff. I actually, where I'm at now, like 10 years into business and six years into running a gym, I delegated too fucking much. And what that meant is that I, now when I look back, I feel like I lost touch with some of these areas of my business. 
And it's not that like things went completely array or things like completely fucked up in terms of the business, but there were portions where I would like have to ask a lot of questions to these people that it was delegated to. And I felt like blind to some of these stuff. So things that I think I delegated out too much was some of my financial stuff. Um, some stuff around admin and like tracking things and staying on top of like, you know, those good, really solid data metrics. Um, I had delegated out for someone else to like create some operating procedures and stuff like that and then help with paying bills and help with paying invoices and stuff. But like, it's not to say that that's bad that those things are delegated out. I've definitely got some of them delegated out now, but I've taken back some control on some financial things and it's the best one, financially, that the business has ever been. But two, I just feel more connected with that area and like I had my finger on the pulse. So that was a big fucking mistake, actually. And as I'm talking, like you can hear me kind of changing my tune, is that, yeah, I just delegated too much because it's like I just got this taste in my mouth and was like, yes, this is just giving me so much freedom to do all the things that I fucking love. But I feel like it was a bit of naivety and a bit of just like throwing a, a bit of caution to the wind and delegating everything out because I did have excess money that I could pay people for. Um, but I think it resulted in me feeling on edge slash a little less connected with areas of my business and therefore less connected mean less data, mean less ability to make better decisions. And now that I've taken back some of that stuff, um, you know, I look at my financials a lot tighter now. Um, I still delegate things like payroll out, invoicing out, some forecasting out, stuff like that. But um, the reports that I have have been navigated by me. Um, I am constantly looking at those things week to week and I just feel very connected from it and I can make better decisions as a business owner. So that was, that was a fuck up. Um, but it's all lessons, like hundred percent lessons learned. And that's not to say that if you're delegating, you're delegating a lot, that that might not be the right thing for you. But for me, it was not the right move. Um, and by delegating and bringing those things back to me, some of these things back to me, you know, if you think about it, I've saved a shit ton lot in expenses. Um, and it meant that with the money that I've saved from some of this delegation stuff, I have been able to invest it into other areas of my business, which is my staff in particular that I wanted to, um, because I value my staff and I value their hard work immensely. And I want them to not just, it's not about getting rewarded or anything like that, but it's just a fair trade for what they're doing um, and continuing to build their careers. So that's been a really good lesson that's given me the capabilities to do some other stuff with business. So yeah, that's kind of like my second thing. Um, what else, what else is coming through you? I'm just looking at the poster. You are not your fuck ups. No, I'm not my fuck ups, but I definitely make fuck ups. Um, and just a bit of a segue of why I've got that up there. Um, it's from a pack, uh, a pack of cards. So for my mentees, I've got, it's like, think about like a tarot, a, a card deck of, of tarot cards, right? In COVID, um, I sourced uh, a designer and I got someone to create like kind of like my own version of a tarot card um, stack, but not tarot cards. It was like phrases and sayings and things like that, that I had collected over COVID and written them down on post-its and, and little index cards. Um, and it was phrases that were resonating with me or phrases that I had like sat with me from mentoring people and all that kind of stuff. And then I got them illustrated. So there's 52 cards in the stack and they've all got their own illustration with um, like the little saying or the phrase or whatever it is. And this one, you are not your fuck ups is on my wall um, because I used to heavily identify with failures and fuck ups as it meant that I personally was a fucking failure. Um, and also I really love the illustration, but it's just this reminder and I don't, I don't need this reminder anymore. Um, but it was a reminder back then when I did get it, um, framed and, and put up in, in, in our room that, um, you know, things happen, you fuck up in business, but fuck ups are not failures. You know, they fall forwards and all that kind of stuff. And I, you know, there's that saying, um, that phrase, and it's like, you are not your failures or don't think about them as failures. Only think about them as fuck like fall forwards. And I don't agree. I don't agree with that. Like, there are many things that I'm obviously struggling to think about right now that I fucked up, but calling it a full forward constantly, only identifying with it as a lesson, like, is that helpful? Like, I don't think so. Like I've made mistakes, I've made fuck ups, but I can still call them that because I don't identify with it anymore. So yes, you will make fuck ups. You will, you will make mistakes, but 
there's still make there's still mistakes there's still failures you can still learn from them obviously but it's also okay to be like yeah i fucked that up because instead of going oh it's only a full forward and always looking for the silver lining how about we um find a way to regulate our emotions and have emotional intelligence around these fuck-ups and realize that our self-worth doesn't have to be attached to it so that was why i've got this particular one hung up on my wall because that was a huge life lesson through running business that you're going to fuck up you're going to do these things, but you don't have to pretty it up. You don't have to put a positive lens on it. Like if you fucked up, you fucked up. Um, and that's cool. But if you can learn to not identify with these things, then how much more of that is a win than going, Oh, what's the lesson here? Do you know what I mean? I hope that kind of makes sense, but that's the reason why I've got that on my wall. Um, what's some of the fuck ups or some mistakes that I've made? Hmm. 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 In gym ownership. So gym ownership. Okay. Another one. I think this is just kind of like a bit of a segue and I think it's going to go on its tangents of wherever it needs to go is just like always wanting the best for things and not seeking for the alternative. This was stuff in the first, I would say like the middle patch of gym ownership. So for example, I wanted to have so many bars, so many plates, all the things for our ladies, but you know, the lesson and the fuck up here is that there's always different alternatives. There's always, um, different ways. Like you don't have to have absolutely fucking everything for everyone for it to be quote unquote, an amazing service or for them to feel like they're getting value and all that kind of stuff. And so from that lesson, I like to think about business ownership now of being like, what's the same, like if, if you were to purchase something, right? Like what's the same thing you can purchase at a cheaper rate that's going to do the best, the same job and still give that feeling or that outcome or stuff like that. Because I very much like was in this notion of like over delivering, right? Over delivering, always giving the best of the best. And I just, the longer that I've stayed in gym ownership, like all of the over delivering and having the best of the best, like there's so many things that are just like void. And the more I've ran a gym and ran a community-based gym, like it's just about that. It's community, it's relationships, it's all that kind of stuff. So that means that if, you know, you buy a piece of equipment that might not be the best, but still does the job, like will people even fucking know? And that might sound a little bit contradictory to what I said earlier of like, you know, we've got all the fucking equipment in the world. We've got the power, all the all the gear that the girls need for powerlifting and then everything else, you know. But that's because I'm in a financial position now where I can do that and I want to do that. But early on, I had this kind of lens that it was like, everything has to be the best. I have to have absolutely everything. So no one's waiting around and no one has to share bars or anything like that. And it's just like, no, like that's not the case. We're a community-based gym. We have a community of fucking amazing women. And that's what they come for also. Yes, they come to get strong. Yes, they come to learn, to, to lift and, you know, all of those beautiful things. But we, a big part of my business is also the relationships and the connections that we have. So if you don't have the money, which was us early on, if you don't have the money and there is a different alternative that is cheaper, that still does the job, fucking go for it. Like check your fucking ego and do what you need to do. So there was also that kind of stuff. Um, that's been a big like it's, I, I guess actually it's not a fuck up, but it's definitely a lesson that I did just spend too much fucking money early on, whether it was having too much, too many staff members, whether it's like wanting to continue to give the best of the best, whether it's like doing additional things. Um, I just think I was at times in this kind of over delivering state. So yeah, that's some like initial, I guess, like fuck ups and, and mistakes that came through. I'm just trying to think about like the most recent years, if there's anything that I really did that was like a fuck up or a mistake. Um, hmm. I don't, I'm going to talk about this because it's just dropping through. Um, I don't know if it, I would say it's a fuck up or a mistake, but it's definitely, I guess, quote unquote, cost me. And when I say cost me, it's definitely not a financial dollar, but it's cost me in terms of the, I guess, implications after it. So, oh, I feel a bit weird talking about this, but like I said, this is real raw behind the scenes stuff. Um, COVID. So these these cards, you know, the one that's sitting and that's framed, I'm looking at as I'm literally like recording. During COVID, you know, especially for anyone, you know, fuck it. No, I don't want to talk about it. 
It was hard. It was hard here in Melbourne. Lots of fucking lockdowns. You know, it is what it is. During that time, I felt a huge responsibility to do what I needed to do to band our community together and be the space um, that our ladies and our community needed. And what that meant is that during the time of COVID, I, you know, we operated as a business the whole time. We made pivot after pivot in terms of the programs that we offered, the price tags that we offered. You know, I cleared out my gym um, for anyone that experienced that or saw what we did. Like I literally, I didn't sell my equipment. I didn't hire my equipment out. I sent my whole entire gym out to our community. Everyone had gym equipment at home and it was, it was, it was important for me to do that. And we continued to run sessions online. We did a combination of Zoom sessions, online coaching, you know, every lockdown that we had. I don't even know how many fucking lockdowns we had. I think we had like six. Who knows? Um, Every, I I guess the, not I guess, the programs did change. And every time that we had a new lockdown, I had to make changes. And I guess it's, it's not a fuck up. It's not a mistake. But for some reason, it's coming through and I want to speak to it. It was heavy. You know, and not just the lockdown itself, that was heavy for fucking everyone, but the emotional toll associated with that of keeping people employed, keeping people moving, keeping people connected as a community. It was, it's still to this day, like, when the fuck do we get out of lockdown? I don't even know. Um, Still to this day, I'm still processing a lot of it, and I still had, you know, a lot of experiences that I'm working through from that time, as is most fucking people. Um, and I don't know if I, I was going to say, I don't know if I would do it differently. I would do it differently. I was just saying that to safeguard myself. I would do it differently. And that is because I am still feeling the aftermath of that. Um, and what I mean, the aftermath of that is showing up and being the leader of a community, the leader of a business and I'm, I'm glad I did what I did and I'm glad that I had the programs that we offered and the community that we had and all that kind of stuff. I'm so fucking glad that we did it because I know not only for myself that it got me through that time, but also for our ladies, I know how much that meant to them and how important it was to them during that time. Um, but I don't, I don't know how it would look if I was to do it different. I know we still would have done things. I know we still would have been a community and offer training and all that kind of stuff, but I don't know what that would have looked like. And that's easy to say now as we're looking back, but it's, it's really had a huge emotional and mental toll on me. Um, and I definitely know I've still got trauma that I'm, you know, working through from that period in time. Um, and I didn't expect it to be, uh, this long after COVID and I didn't expect it to be this heavy still being what over a year on basically, I think it was November last year. So what we're a year and a half maybe. Um, so that was, again, I think the words fuck up and mistake are too heavy to explain that, but it's just like, I guess the lens I would, or the way I describe it is I would do things differently. Um, because yeah, it's, it's, I didn't expect it to be, to, to have its impact on me. Um, yeah, that, that, that kind of sums that up. And the other part of that is having a team and how close our team is. Like I really felt a huge responsibility to continue to offer work and, you know, offer stability and all that kind of stuff. And that like, again, like I'm really happy that I did that because I do know that that's, um, impacting things for them and their lives now um, in terms of platforms and and things that they need to continue to progress their careers. But I don't, like, I I think I was making decisions based on other people um, and feeling that responsibility. And that is the lesson there is that, you know, you can't fill your, you you know, you've got to fill your cup, you've got to put your oxygen mask and all that kind of stuff on first and that's not to say that I didn't care for myself during that time, but the more, the longer that out of COVID and out of lockdowns and all that kind of stuff that we progress on. And as I'm recording this, like I just, yeah, it's still there. It's still present for me. And I would definitely have done it differently. I would have had more of a protection mechanism for myself. 
Um, I actually would have said it's okay to not have responsibility for everything and anything and everyone. Um, and it's okay to, to say that you need a break too. Um, because the unexpected point here is that, you know, I'm still dealing with a lot of stuff. Um, but it's kind of bittersweet because I'm so glad that I continued to do what I did during that time, but it still takes its toll. Um, and it's, you know, when I say takes its toll, um, it impacts, I don't know, like it impacts things that I do. It impacts decisions that I make, how I spend my time. Like I can't be around lots of people now. I can't go out to a lot of places. Like, you know, I've still, as you can tell, I've, I've got my own trauma associated with that. So yeah, I think that's probably given you a bit of a, a real lens into how that time of running a business in Melbourne of a brick and mortar gym, um, it's still got implications. Um, and even though I'm still working through it and dealing with it, like I'm, that doesn't mean that I still can't grow my business and continue to do what I love, but I've got a lens and I've got a respect for my own self and my own self-protection um, because I'm still still living it basically. So yeah, not a fuck up, not a mistake, but like maybe I would do things differently. Can't say how I would do it differently, but um, yeah, the, the things are still there for me. So that's, I guess, mm, I, I think those things that I've explained already in the first portion of this podcast have been like more of a, not negative, but you know, some areas that maybe I would have changed or there has been lessons, there has been mistakes. Um, I guess the last thing, where, am I, where else am I going to go with the last kind of thing that's dropping through about the last six, year of gym, six years of gym ownership? Um, okay. <laughs> the last kind of theme or topic that I'm going to pull the string on a little bit um, is I guess like, like what it's actually like day to day. And I hadn't, obviously I have recorded podcasts of the real, like real behind the scenes of what it's like to run a gym. Like I have recorded that I've recorded podcasts around my journey from a commercial gym to opening a gym and all that kind of stuff. But I think every month or every six month or every year that you go on as gym ownership, obviously you experience new things. And the day-to-day of running a gym now, um, like I'm just going to give you a little bit of a taste. And, you know, I've, like I said, I've recorded this before. I've recorded tastes of what a week-to-week is like. But um, six years on and a bigger company, a bigger space, a bigger team, bigger community, it's different now. You know, I've got a three-week-old. I've got a newborn. And obviously I'm recording a podcast and I'm still, my business is still running and all that kind of stuff. Um, there's definitely been me having more space during this time because I've got a new baby. Um, but I've still been very much present in my business. There's definitely things where I'm not doing, you know, I'm not doing a lot of stuff right now. My team are taking care of it. Um, my responsibilities are definitely stripped, but at the end of the day, like it's still my business. And whether I've got a three week old newborn or whether I'm, you know, just not in normal time, basically. Um, but yeah, the last three weeks has been stuff that constantly happens. Um, you know, what's happened in the last three weeks in particular, um, our security cameras, our security doors got knocked off again by someone in the gym. Um, which meant that I had to deal with that and go to the gym on a Sunday morning to reinstate that. And that was like over a week ago, I was on the phone to the security company today, still trying to fix that because some of the buttons are doing a color that they shouldn't be doing. And I had a newborn spewing on my shoulder as I was calling the security company. So that's what that was like. Um, you know, um, my staff members, there's been sickness. I've got a staff member sick today. Um, and I got a message yesterday on a Sunday as I was about to go to a birthday party with Lexi, my other daughter. And it was just like, okay, we've got to deal with this now. We've got to cover sessions the next day. So there was that, you know, um, staff members dealing with their own stuff and wanting to have their own leave and navigating that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, like there's that. Then there's things happening with clients in our community, you know, people experiencing their own lives and having troubles and struggles that are impacting their lifting and impacting them being able to train and needing to pop people on hold and all that kind of stuff. And although I'm not answering the emails and, you know, going ahead and responding to them and, and putting the physical people on hold through the through the CRM and stuff like that, 
Like that's all still stuff that I hear about and that I need to know about because we're a running business and that impacts us revenue wise. So, you know, things don't stop. Things do not stop regardless of how present I am or how much time I've got off or how many things I'm not doing right now. Because the reality is, is that my team are managing like literally 90 to 95% of the things of the day to day. So, you know, admin, tasks, tracking, coaching, programming, all that kind of stuff. Like I'm not running a lot of that stuff, nor do I do that a lot of that stuff anymore. But my job is to read the reports, is to make decisions, is to be the phone call to the person that's sick, is to run down when the security is happening. Like that is still my job. And even though it might only be five to 10% of the day to day, like it happens when you least expect it. You're getting phone calls, you're having to deal with challenges. And it's like how you regulate yourself and how I regulate myself and show up in those instances. Like yesterday, when I got a message about a staff member being sick, like honestly, I was in the car just about to drive and I saw it drop through and I got like a pang and I was like, fuck me, I don't want to deal with this today. I took a breath because both of my daughters were in the back seat of the car. My husband was next to me and it was like, okay, we are on the way to a six-year-old birthday party and you do not have the ability right now to lose your shit. Take a breath. You know, you're already in a rush. You're already late because Amity was crying and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, these things still fucking happen, but when these things happen and I have to navigate them and respond because these are all reactive things. Like this is sometimes the nature of business. It shows me how much I've regulated myself, how much growth I've had with my emotional intelligence that I can regulate myself, deal with the challenges that I need to deal and get on with it. And I was at the party sending the messages that I need to set to cover the shifts, um, cover the sessions, and then still being like, yep, cool, no worries. I've got a newborn on my shoulder that needs to be burped. And my five-year-old is impatient because she wants to eat this or whatever it is, but I can still do what I need to do. So I guess like by just talking about this and giving you a little bit of spiel about the last couple of days, like you can see that gym ownership is a lot. It, it fucking is. And it's for me. It is so for me. This is the lifestyle that I love. And if you do not love this lifestyle, you do not love what you do. You do not have an underlying why that will pull you through. Honestly, it can be it like, it'll feel like too much. And even though there's been those things and I haven't loved some of those experiences over the last couple of days, like it doesn't deter that I don't love my business. I love my fucking business. And I like, that's just part and parcel of the territory, but it is a lot. And the last three, you know, three weeks, especially with a newborn, like all these things have dropped through. And me and my husband last night before we we're going to sleep, we're like, okay, um, shit, it doesn't stop. And I was like, you know, the first gym that I opened, I was pregnant when I opened my first gym. The second gym, you know, I'm not pregnant now or I wasn't just pregnant, but we've got a newborn um, and we've just ticked over another year and it's like, these things don't stop. Um, you just get better at dealing with them. You, you know, learn to separate yourself from all of these challenges that happen. You learn to self-regulate better. Well, you know, you don't just learn, you have to work on it. But there are so many things that happen from day to day and week to week. You know, you can have smooth sailing, like even though the last three weeks have been quite a lot, three weeks prior to that, like nothing fucking happened. It was just normal. And me and my husband were like, oh, why couldn't it have been those three weeks of how this three weeks have been? But it's like, this is just how life works. And I just see these things that happen to me of like, you know, this is just a bit of a, not a test, but it's just a little bit of a nudge to, to see how you interact and to see how you do react as a business owner and as a coach and as a, a boss and a wife and a mother and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, just stay in your space, stay in your energy, regulate yourself when you need to. Um, and it's just a nudge to not only show me that I can deal with so fucking much, um, but just, yeah, just prove to myself and, and, just hit home that I'm six years into gym ownership, 10 years into business, and I'm a really good business owner. I'm a really good boss. I'm a really good mother. I'm a really good fucking coach. I'm a really good, all of these parts of me that I am. I'm just honestly, like I'm fucking good at them. And I love what I do. And these nudges and these challenges that keep getting thrown at me, whether it's the last three weeks, whether it was the two years over COVID, like it's that proof, it's that, it's that positive reinforcement that I'm in the space that I need to be in. I'm living my purpose. I'm living the work that I love and no amount of fuck ups, no amount of bad times and challenges are going to stop that. 
and I'll just keep going and I'll just keep living my life and regulating myself and moving through the highs and the lows and all that kind of stuff. Um, because this is gym ownership and this is the life that I choose and this is, I fucking love it. So I hope, yeah, I'm going to wrap up with that because that feels like a nice way to finish it. Like, I hope this has been, I don't know, like not even eye opening, but just listening to these real things that are coming through. And I think you'll, you know, find this episode like a different pace. Um, there's a lot of like energy that changed throughout it as these thoughts were dropping through and I, I was processing them around how I'm going to talk to you about it, but I can do that. Like I can get on a podcast and have no plan and talk about some real vulnerable things and literally open vulnerabilities as I'm recording because of my emotional intelligence, because of my ability to work through things, even when I'm recording and I'm going to hit save and I'm going to post this and, and do all those kind of things. Um, and yeah, like it's just, this is it. This is what it's been like the last six years. Um, and the business owner that I was at year one, like I'm so different now on so many levels And I think that last little part that I've wrapped up will give you a bit of an example of not only what it's like day to day, but also just how I approach business, like whether it's approaching business or approaching motherhood or challenges or life, whatever, it's just like, fuck, we just move on with it. If there's challenges, we get on with it. If there's highs, we experience it and we celebrate it. But neither the good or bad defines me, neither the high revenue or the shit week defines my self-worth or how good my business is. It's just, this is life. This is us moving through and this is me living living my business life and living my purpose. So I'm going to end it there and I hope you enjoyed the listen. All right, guys. Bye.